Hey everybody, welcome to episode 24 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I are changing things up. We're actually inventing cocktails to pair with a couple movies. We had a lot of fun doing it, I hope you enjoy. have two drinks i uh have the idea for two drinks so (laughs) i didn't want mine to suck so i was so i spent yesterday doing uh my fate of the furious and i spent today doing my atomic blonde and how many how many trials did you have today um it wasn't that bad i had i knew that well we can talk about it when we get into the the drinks themselves um but I, it did take some tweaking and then some back tweaking. Okay. But I think it it I think it's okay. All right, so we should do the setup. We're we're changing things up. Yes. Uh, we had the idea probably a couple episodes ago, but we talked about it and nailed it down last episode. We're gonna pair cocktails with movies, and for this we've. Because we like to have at least a couple cocktails, we picked two movies. And in this case, we picked Atomic Blonde, which was my choice, my suggestion. And then you countered that with Fate of the Furious, with the through line being Charlize Theron, because she's in both of those. Yes. And obviously, spoiler alert, we are going to talk about anything we care to talk about. We're not going to be careful about spoilers at all. <laughs> because you should have seen these by now. Seriously. I mean, they're both real. Well, they're both. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, they're both good. I enjoy them. So they're good films. I think they're both worth watching if you like. They're not if art you, films. If you like action movies, these are both worth uh I I bought them both on iTunes. I'm I'm happy to rewatch them. Yes, I own the uh, 4K DVD of uh, Fate of the Furious, mostly because it was a test case because it was the first disc released in Dolby Vision or yeah. Dolby Dolby. Yes, Dolby Vision. Um, oddly, <clears throat> so I just wanted to see if if it was any different than just regular HDR. And the result there? Uh, it is. To me, it, it is. But I mean, maybe that's just because... I mean, it, if you read a, if you read people comparing online between the two standards, which are not standards, mm-hmm. uh, people people do tend to prefer Dolby Vision over, over the HDR. Uh, the downside for me, being a little bit technical, is that HDR on my TV runs at 60 hertz. Uh-huh. Dolby Vision only runs at 30 hertz. Oh no, that seems. So odd. it has. Well, it's because uh, again, I'll, just a little technical. Uh, so HDR sets its dynamic range by scene, and uh, okay, uh, Dolby Vision sets its dynamic range by frame. Oh wow, that's much so finer. There's much more metadata yeah. going on, so okay. it has to send more stuff. Interesting. So, uh, what shall we start with? Um, why don't we start with Fate because it came out first? Okay, it, yeah, it was last year. Sure. 
All right. So jazz break while we go make cocktails. Yay! Okay. My first question is, did you name your cocktails? I did. I totally did. Nice. Uh, and the first one I call The Fate of the Curious. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. Which I will explain shortly. And this, here's what it looks like. Lovely, lovely. It's got an ample orange peel, orange twist in there. It's almost like a crusta with the big orange peel. Uh, I just went big because otherwise I'm not going to do anything with that orange. So yep, use as much as I can. All right. So what's in there? So uh, the the beginning of this film, The Fate of the Furious, yes. which is the eighth film in the series, yes, which is somewhat connected, uh, starts in Cuba with Dom. The main character is uh, there with his wife slash sweetheart slash ex-wife who died and came back (laughs) (laughs) and they're just hanging around cuba so i wanted to start there so i'm mine is locally even though cuba fades away fairly quickly and then you're kind of globe hopping and you end up in russia but i didn't i i I didn't want to do a vodka drink uh Uh, and i wanted to experiment with rum because i don't use rum very often and i do have a bottle of cuban rum so I know, right? I'm special. So, The Fate of the Curious is two ounces of rum of your choice, Mm -hmm. but preferably dark. Uh, One ounce of lime juice. One ounce simple syrup. So, right now, you you can kind of picture this what it is, right? Yeah. So, that's... And then I I added uh, mole bitters because I like the taste of uh, chocolate and citrus. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I added Hellfire bitters, oh which are jalapeno, or not jalapeno, ha- habanero mm. bitters. Uh, and that's the fate. And then, <laughs> so how much Hellfire you want to put in is completely up to you. Are, are you going to be a pussy about it and pussy out? Or are you going to take, <laughs> you're going to take these guys on and do it? And then when I tasted it, I was like, it, it's missing a note. There's something going, something not there. So I, I thought... This is really close to a margarita, so I'll add a splash of dry curacao. Yeah, that just makes it. Mm-hmm. So well, that is my that is my drink. It's pretty close to a daiquiri, which is also what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so my drink, yeah, it's kind of brownish. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling mine too much boost. <laughs> Very good. You know that's way too much boost for that engine. It's going to be fast. It's going to be a bomb. And it needs to go a mile. And mine is basically a daiquiri composed of OFTD, 69% alcohol rum from Plantation, as well as um, Lemon Heart and Sons 151. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well named. With lime juice and lime cordial to sweeten it up. Mm. Um, And the lime cordial comes from a company in Boulder, Colorado, called Bougie Syrups. (laughs) (laughs) You have all the best ingredients. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a heater for sure. Um, Yeah, mine is is literally hot. You can put in as much Hellfire Bitters as you wish to. Um, the nice thing about Bitterman's is that they're 
their bitters come with a little eyedropper. Yeah. So if, there's, if you didn't put enough in, put in more. And I'm calling for a generous uh, mole bitters sure. infusion. That makes sense. Because it's otherwise kind of going to get hidden by the other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And with the curacao, that's probably really nice. So uh, yeah, and and mine is also based on that opening scene, the the before title card scene, which is a race around Cuba, <laughs> in which Dom, played by Vin Diesel, basically turns a car into a bomb and explodes it to win <laughs> to win the race. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. <laughs> I can't. I can't do Vin no. very well. <clears throat> I was going to. So my I, my most recent watch was yesterday to prepare for this, and I was literally going to count the number of lines that he had <laughs> because there's a couple of scenes where, where he just stands around and stares. <laughs> yeah, the there, the scene when when they blow up uh, the super secret hideaway, which another so another point I want to make is. On the on the screen, when they show you super secret hideaway, there's actually a title that says undisclosed location. Yeah. <laughs> so they put up where you are by not telling you. Well, because they open up the Cuba scene by saying Havana, Cuba, like in big like letters that are right. in the like bay close. or something. Yeah, yeah. And they do the same thing with New York. Yeah, and but then they I go just, to Manhattan. I, I really enjoyed that they had to specifically like call out no, this is a secret place. <laughs> it's undisclosed. Undisclosed. We can't tell you uh, where this is. Because, when because they, so it's when not they... real. It's not actually a place. I think that whole scene is CGI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of those uh, places where you go to enhance your computer screens. Because you need to zoom in and zoom in and zoom in and yeah. find somebody and zoom out and zoom out and zoom out. Yeah. And, and, and literally, the, the computer programs are so advanced, you can type like, five characters and change them entirely from what they were designed to do. It's amazing what hackers can do nowadays. But the reason I bring it up is, uh, so the bad guys show up, spoiler, and blow it up. And the bad guys being Charlize and Vin against all of the other furious people. Right. And Char- the Charlize Theron character's name is Cypher, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. And, she, and the, <laughs> The blonde dreads. Oh, they're and, like, terrible. Really bad. Very bad styling on her. It's it's such a shame. Th- this, is, guess... this, this is honestly the first movie I think I can say that, like, it just goes to shit the second Charlize Theron shows up. Like, the whole Cuba scene, the race is exciting. Like, that, that before title card scene was probably the best part of the whole movie in my mind. Better than submarines? Better than cars <laughs> against submarines? The, the whole submarine car chase is just too far. It's a bridge too far for my yeah. disbelief. Okay, so <laughs> what I did, so another thing I decided upon this rewatch, and this is probably I saw it twice in the theaters, and I don't know how many times I've otherwise seen it because it's escapism. It's actually a superhero film. This is a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. They all have special certain talents. They have to work as a team or in a family, as as, as they reiterate again and again well yeah and that's and, illustrated and the shit that happens yeah. is insane out of this world and nobody ever explains it or even questions it it's like a marvel film right but uh is it number seven where they're in france on the bridge and the cars go flying across parts of the bridge and stuff like that and um seven is when they drive from one building to the other in dubai oh yeah it might be maybe six is on the bridge maybe i 
I don't, I don't but know. But like that's when it for me just like went totally comic book. And in Fate, uh n- there is no better illustration of the comic bookness of these movies than the rock in prison doing bicep curls with a concrete desk. Yes. <laughs> Yes, because he's showing off to Jason Statham, who's making fun of his muscles, because they're having this whole macho bro fest. Obviously, they put them in cells facing each other and with they, windows. They just flirt hardcore. I mean, do you really believe you could beat me in a straight-up old-fashioned fist fight? Let me tell you something. Me and you, one-on-one, no one else around. I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. And also, The Rock only wears tank tops through the entire... Like, literally go to Russia. It's it's the Arctic. <laughs> and he's still wearing tank tops, showing off his guns. The, which are impressive, I admit. The Rock doesn't feel cold. One of my favorite lines is uttered by The Rock. It's early in the film. Uh, as he's being introduced, he is coaching his daughter's soccer team. Mm-hmm. And he's and the government comes to try to convince him to you know take one more well, case. First, first pause to... Yeah. to Let's let's just say that the girls' soccer team doing a haka, a la New Zealand rugby teams, was just amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he, I mean, well, he is Maori, isn't he, or at least part Maori? No, I think uh, he's some sort of Pacific Islander. At least, so he at least he half. went for it. I mean, yeah, he did the tongue thing and the eye thing and the whole all of the things. It was amazing. Uh, but the line I, I actually get a little like I respond to that sort of physically emotionally like I get a little choked up watching why watching the little girls do the haka I don't know it's an intense situation like yeah I really like it's a good scene altogether. and have, and then have they, you ever seen the YouTube video of the uh, New Zealand wedding where all the people do the haka, like the the bride's family are Maori and they do a haka for the bride and groom. No, I haven't. It'll make you cry. It makes me cry every single time. <laughs> oh, I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure it's in show notes. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so in this and the other thing in the scene, of course, is it's an opportunity for The Rock to prove that he's heterosexual. Because he's got all the all the moms there yeah. making flirty eyes at exactly, him. Exactly. Yeah. So he is in no way. This is. I mean, this is a super macho film from end to end. It's it's really embarrassingly old fashioned in that sense. But comically uh, so, don't you think? Like. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of one upmanship, and uh, there's that whole uh, subplot about who's going to get the hacker chick. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the the payoff is she just wants them to tell her what her last name is (laughs) and they can't tell her Uh, Uh, but in the scene the government's trying to tell the rock to come to come back for for one more one last uh job in berlin now and another thing (laughs) they never say who the job is for why they need that emt who they're stealing it from and who they're giving it to (laughs) none of this is covered at all it doesn't because it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. But <clears throat> so um, his response to the to the government agent is there's only one thing I love better than saving lives. That's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I now want to adopt for all every situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
somebody says, you know, do, do you like gin? There's only one thing I love more than saving lives. And that's and gin. That's gin. <laughs> and I'm going to say number three on The Rock's list of things that he loves is going to be the peck deck. Probably, yeah. For sure. he, he does love working out. That man's arms are as big as his head. His Instagram feed is intense. He is a special effect all by himself. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot else to say about the movie. It, it's it, it's a Fast and Furious movie. I, the, the, there is a submarine car chase, which seems significant. Like There is a submarine. I mean, it's... So I think this comes from in seven, there is the historical like 12 minute long runway scene mm. where th that was discussed online endlessly. How long is that runway in order for a plane to taxi <laughs> for that long? And it's something like five miles. It's right. a five mile landing strip. So on this one, instead of a giant plane, they have a giant submarine. Oh, and then, oh, sorry, this is, I know I shouldn't apply logic to it, but I just want to ask you this question. Did it occur to you when Dom is driving into the secret Russian base, which again is not a secret, mm -hmm. and is in the middle of nowhere, what is it doing there? It's so impractical. Well, Apparently, it's, it's it, so it can be submarine adjacent. It has to be out on the ice somewhere. Right, but <laughs> it looks like a refinery, and you would think you'd need to put that close to civilization to send them the energy, mm. and yet it's out in the middle of nowhere, but that's fine. Yeah. But, but the thing I wanted to bring up was when Dom sets off the EMT in his car, Yeah. why doesn't it affect the car? Uh, it should have. Yes. <laughs> but literally, the first couple of times I watched it, that didn't occur to me. Well, of course not. Why would it? I was like... No, it's like it's the center of the blast, so it's like being in the eye of a hurricane, <laughs> and all of the it just goes everyone else, yeah, yes, everyone outward. else is affected, and not his car. Um, but no, that's not that, how the that whole works. last scene is great. I, I, I'm, I'm going to call you on that. It's exciting. It's crazy. It gives um, if, if you accept, yeah, if you accept the sort of comic book version of this world, then yeah, it's great. You have, and you have to do that. And Otherwise, you're going to be annoyed. The submarine is throwing huge chunks of ice. And by the way, I thought about doing my drink on like big cracked ice just as a nod to that scene. I did too. I did as well. <laughs> Something about Russia, but yeah. um, this is a better drink. So, Well, I was going to even do the daiquiri, but on ice. But eh, I, I chilled my glass instead, and it was delightful. Um, but yeah, they're huge. Uh, just like house-sized blocks of ice being thrown by this submarine with cars on top of them and them subsequently being thrown. It's it's ridiculous and awesome. Right. And the other thing is, this is a kid-friendly film in the sense that there's tons of violence, but I don't think there's a drop of blood. Yeah, it's kind of A-team violence, isn't it? It's very... It's very I, don't, I was going to say comic book. Comic books are very bloody. Uh... But it, it's and also nobody curses. Is that yeah? That's true, huh? Yeah, uh, it's it's very. What is it rated? Subtle. Uh, that I don't know. Let's see. Because I don't don't pay attention to those things, and we can't we can't leave the movie without talking about the New York, um, cars falling from the sky scene. Oh right. <laughs> how how can you how can you talk about Fate of the Furious without talking about? 
they hack so they hack all of the computer chips and all the cars which again takes like four deep deep deeps on your keyboard and you can just grab them all yeah and they turn it into a cavalry that's chasing uh the russians through the streets of new york uh-huh. because they have the nuclear football right has the codes in it and at this point we don't know why she wants these things yeah it all it all comes together in the end but at this point it's like oh this is bad <laughs> um and so the, the the cars there's like it's all cg but it looks pretty good and the the cars are like literally this f- just funnel of cars going through the streets of new york just plop pl- Plunging into each other and plunging into buildings and, yeah. and just like piles of them exploding cars. And then, because that's not enough, she literally turns on the cars in the parking garages and has them all fly out just of the parking drive garage. drive out the side of the parking garage, yeah. It's awesome. It is such a good scene. So it's rated PG-13 for prolonged sequences of violence and destruction, suggestive content, and language. So there must be some language. Hmm, I I didn't notice it. I know they don't say I don't they don't say the f word hmm. or fuck. They uh I didn't hear shit or goddamn um I don't know. I, I feel like the rock and Jason Statham in prison had to say at least one shit or something like that. Maybe. And there is a shit joke on the plane when Jason is saving the baby. Yeah. yeah. So but anyway, it's not mentioned. Anyway, um anyhow yeah uh so indiewire which you know they're one of those places where people write articles has an article calling this the worst fast and furious ever and i'm I'm not willing to go that far it is totally not the worst have did they not see tokyo drift Mm. that was a really egregious one like it didn't even have anybody in it well, and if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the first four are all rotten, and then after, starting with five, they I, they go fresh. I have to agree. I I I wasn't a fan at first because I think they uh, took themselves seriously, or what they were trying to do was you know as a B movie acting like an A movie, yeah. and and frankly, you know, uh, Dom, what's his name? Vin. <laughs> Vin Diesel. Yeah. Vin, yeah, he's not a great actor. No. Uh, he's got a couple scenes, and he's got the one where he watches Elena being shot on the plane. Mm-hmm. Shot in the head, which again, we don't see. It happens off screen, no right. blood. Um, and he's crying about his baby child that he didn't know he had. Which is the whole <laughs> premise of this movie. Like, Dom gets turned against his team, his family. Family. Because he has another family that he didn't know about. Like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, he knew about Elena. Sure. He didn't he didn't know about his son whose name turns out to be Brian. <laughs> named named after Brian. Uh-huh. <clears throat> who was Paul Weller? Not Paul Weller. Paul Walker. Oh god. Paul Walker. Paul Weller was in the jam. Paul Walker. Um who of course died during the filming of the previous sequel and they used his brother or twin brother and put his face on him. Yo, you, you didn't know this part. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. Furious Seven has like the tribute scene and everything. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty. So the scene, it's that, pretty that, cheese ball. 
that at the very end when they're driving side by side. Yeah. That's Paul's face superimposed on his brother's body. Wow. Of course, he was no longer with us at yeah. that point. And, he, he and I think they did that a couple of times. He didn't die associated to anything in the actual filming, right? It, it was like, a, it was well, he, at, at the a, time of the filming, but they were out like racing. He was in a car accident. Yes, he yeah. was driving too too fast. Like, um, I think they sued the manu- the car manufacturer that maybe something was wrong, but I don't know how that turned yeah. out. But it it was, it was it was rather sad that you know the Fast and Furious guy died in a car wreck because he was yeah. going too fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah, who could have written that? Yeah. Um, but you're but you're right. The first the first few Fast and Furiouses, which would be the Fast and Furious, Fast Too Fast Too Furious. And then they just stopped worrying about it and just called everything the 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 furious or the fast and the faster. No, or no, I... it's 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 even worse. So, um, first movie is the fast and the furious. That's the first movie. Second movie, too fast, too furious. Okay. Third movie is the fast and the furious colon Tokyo Drift. Okay. Fourth movie is where it gets hilarious because that one is just fast ampersand furious. <laughs> okay. Number five is simply fast five. No furious, no fury in, in number five. Then we have fast ampersand furious six. So they've forgotten their articles entirely. No more these. And then furious seven. And then they get their these back. And it's the fate of the furious with an eight. It's uh, F eight. Not not the official title. That's that's the uh, street name of the movie. Oh, well, that's what appears <laughs> on the on the front of my Blu-ray disc. I'm just going to tell you, the Blu-ray thinks it's fate. Fate. Right, and, and Vin Diesel's in the F, and The Rock is in the eight, and but the the actual title, according to Rotten Tomatoes is the fate spelled out of the furious. The other thing I just want to point out before we leave this behind is one of my favorite themes is that everybody's good at heart because literally it was Dom against the rock initially. And now the rock is part of the team Mm -hmm. as in just the last movie. It was Jason Statham was a bad guy. He was really bad. He was doing horrible things, right? But now he's fine. Yeah. Now he's part of the team, and they welcome him aboard because The Rock had a secret letter that showed that he's actually a British soldier, uh-huh. decorated. Uh-huh. He did good things. Yeah. And the explanation for all of the horrible things he did was, but you know, The Rock, you got arrested for something that was good, too. Oh, in this movie. In this movie, yes. So then they both grin and they do a big high five or something, and everything's forgotten. It's, it's a free, freeze frame jumping high five. It's underneath the car, of course. <laughs> They're replacing a transmission at the time, and I'm not joking about that. But I have to say, I'm super, super happy that Jason Statham is part of them because I love Jason Statham. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's so care that his whole scene on the plane with the baby. Yeah. For my money, is the best scene in the film. It's so like 1980s sort of slapstick. It's goofy. He's really good. Yeah. The it's not an ugly baby. You don't want an ugly baby. Well, it's an expressive baby. Like he makes faces that seem to 
fit the scene and so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, she's probably a cg baby we're, yeah. we're saying all this but I it's mean, a good baby yeah it, it's it takes you back to like ted dancing movies or something like that it's like i don't know how to work this baby um and, it, and of course they they kill elena who is dom's ex-wife who he married after he thought his first wife was dead lottie yeah and then lottie came back from the dead in the sixth film mm. Or this, I, I I get them mixed up. They're they're all up there in my head. But the time, if you want to, if you want to find something interesting, the the Fast and Furious timeline, how the films <laughs> work together, is kind of an interesting one to to look at as well. So they don't obey any any laws or any rules. They just do whatever the hell they want. Uh, I think the only actor taking it seriously is probably Vin. Well, I. I often actually wonder how seriously Vin Diesel takes things. Because <laughs> you can't tell. Well, yeah, because like either he's taking it seriously, which makes him dumb, or he's actually kind of clever and he's just like milking this and like getting by. I actually legitimately know people that think or at least thought he's super hot, which I don't get. Yeah, I don't get that either. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he, I mean, he's earned a lot, a lot, a lot of money doing really dumb movies. Yes, this is like in the top 10 of all time blockbuster filmmaking money yeah, makers. I'm, I'm sure by now he's like executive producer. So he's like just making money from these movies hand over fist. Yeah, it's curious that there aren't more tie-ins unless again he thinks it's a pure art and he doesn't want to scoot up with uh fate and the furious matchbox car or hot wheels or maybe there are maybe they are I just don't, yeah i mean I don't know. I, i'm not exposed to that world anymore so but yeah the the cast of these movies is just insane and the the actual chemistry that exists amongst this cast mm-hmm. like ludicrous is fucking awesome i want to hang out with ludicrous <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hang out with him and Helen Mirren at the same time. Yes. Um, Dame Helen Mirren does appear as Jason Statham's mom. And she has quite the, the Cockney accent. She has another one of the best lines. Oh, she says fucking. There you go. Because she, she says, I'll give, you, I'll give you enough time that it takes me to drink this tea and I'm fucking thirsty. Yes. <laughs> So she's got the F line. There you go. Yeah. I think my drink turned out well. I'm happy with it. Mine, uh, Mine's a little tart. I probably could have just used simple syrup instead of the lime cordial. Um, but the rums don't burn your face off, surprisingly, even though I could probably light this drink on fire. Um. <laughs> how, so how many, I'm sorry, how many ounces of rum is involved? Uh, ounce and a half, so one ounce of the OFTD, and then half an ounce of the 151. Okay. Which is an aged 151. It's delightful, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> pretty, I don't, I don't know what, what the, what the proof on my rum is. I'll, I'll check on that when we, when we come back for part two. Uh, anything else you want to say about Faye? I, I suggested this film because I love it and I want everyone to watch it because uh, it's, it's remarkable. No, I, I was happy to watch it uh, several more times. I watched both of these movies a few times since we decided on them. And uh, yeah, uh, I I had actually like 
sort of spaced on the fact that Charlize was the villain in this because she doesn't work for me very well. Um, no, she's very whispery. I think that's her being intense. Yeah. And and again, I, I, I watched the performance to see, like, is she also taking this seriously or mm. is she having some fun with it? And I can't tell. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like she's sort of bored. It's like, let's get through this thing and give me yeah, my paycheck. And I, I, at the end, she jumps out of her plane with a parachute. And come on, that's a great exit. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it just, yeah, it doesn't, she didn't really sell it for me. I will, I will take a pause to acknowledge Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody. He is hilarious. He is, the casting is great. The cast is perfect. Well, and just the, I I, mean, just the idea of this Mr. Nobody, like, arch arch secret service kind of guy yeah (laughs) i don't even have a name and here's my junior and he's got his fake name that's slightly sillier because he's my junior and right (laughs) who is clint eastwood jr clint eastwood's son steve oh really yeah he is clint's son which you can kind of see but i i do want to compare charlize's performance in this with charlize's performance in atomic blonde all right because there are, I think there are a lot of similarities. Interesting. Okay. Shall we go on? Shall we go on? Uh, jazz break. All right. Okay. Here is mine. Ooh. Yellowish. Mm-hmm. Is it blonde? It is. I call it bottle blonde. Bottle blonde. Perfect. And let me tell you what i've done so i knew i wanted to i wanted to use Sue's. so i knew my theme was going to be off blonde because the the film makes a big deal of that it's called that obviously mm-hmm. and um so i started with Sue's, and then i thought um i was going to head towards a negroni or go towards like a, a white negroni yeah but i kind of took a left turn so this is one and a half ounces of gin and i used four pillars mm-hmm. Uh, one ounce of Dolan Blanc, mm-hmm. uh, a half ounce each of Sue's and lemon juice, and then some Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters, and a pinch of salt. Ooh, a little saline. Mm-hmm. The salt really makes it. Like, b- before I did that, I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure, but again, it was like, there's something missing. It's not very interesting, but the salt, you don't, it doesn't taste salty. It does something to the... To the other stuff that really brings it all out. That's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, so we share one ingredient. First of all, let me talk about like sort of my process because I, I went through some phases with this one. At a certain point, I sort of got locked in on the idea of a Vesper variation because, you know, spies. And that's, uh-huh. that's the James Bond cocktail, which I still think is kind of a terrible cocktail in general. <laughs> As do a lot of people. <clears throat> but You're not alone. So I, w- I was trying to think of uh, variations on a Vesper, and I, I like tried to think of a all-German Vesper where like all the ingredients, like Monkey 47 gin and whatever and stuff, but that didn't work out. And then I did one I was calling a Coalition Ves- Vesper, so English gin, Russian vodka, American or French vermouth, um, whatever. And so what I landed on... I'm calling putting out fire with gasoline. And I've been putting out fire with gasoline. 
Okay. For the Bowie song that's featured on the excellent soundtrack. Oh, the music on this is so, so good. Because in the movie there are two boozes featured heavily. Stoliknaya Vodka and Jack Daniels Whiskey. I made it with those two. Wow, you really did put a lot of thought into this. And I used Dolan Blanc because Delphine is a French spy who ends up hooking up with uh, the Charlize Theron character. And uh, then just a tiny bit of Jägermeister to make some German. (laughs) And then some Cocktail Punk smoked orange bitters. Mmm. I would never think of putting Jack Daniels and Stoli together. Like in my head, they don't even they don't even live on the same block. So this is me tasting this live for the first time ever. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. And I kind of dig it. It oddly tastes a little bit like chocolate. Oh, and then it sort of turns into a Ricola. Okay, I got that. Just just from the Jägermeister, and the, I I think the Vermouth and the Jägermeister are really playing together. The the Blanc Vermouth is doing interesting things with the Jägermeister. And honestly, the Jack Daniels is just sort of not that noticeable, which really isn't that much of a surprise. And vodka's vodka, so all I'm... But maybe that's where you're getting the chocolate from, the chocolate note. Because bourbon is sort of burnt burnt, uh, sugar, and uh, you're putting that together with Jäger, which is primarily uh, uh, anise, right? Well, I mean, it's all kinds of herbals. It's like 50-something herbs, according it always, to the bottle. It always just tastes like licorice to me. See, for me, it's more... Uh, I mean, it's cough syrup sort of flavor. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this really I'm, isn't bad. I warned my wife because she always gets a cocktail when I make the cocktails for the show. And I warned her, like, I'm, I'm not sure about this one. I haven't tasted this one. So I don't know if it's going to be any good. Um, so let me let me let me hear how you arrived at this. I know. So you you talked about thematically how it ties into the movie. Yeah. But how did you think these flavors would work? To like, did you have any idea, or you're just like, I want to see what happens? Yeah. So um, that's the reason I went with the blanc vermouth because I wanted to sweeten things up, especially if I was using Jaeger. Um, it's ba- I was I was just thinking of sort of a hanky panky in my mind, which uses fernet. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then the orange bitters has smoke, so you know, putting out fire with gasoline. Yeah, I try. So I I did a little bit more experimenting. I uh, as I said, I knew I wanted to use Sue's just because of the color, and I was. Although her hair in the film is more white than mm-hmm. it is blonde. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. And I guess I could have tried to take a lot of liquors that have no color in them and put them together and see what comes out. I'll live with some Seven Up or something. Yeah. Um, By the way, I, I wanted. I highly recommend you find the uh, Luxardo Bitter Bianco. It's mm. awesome, and it makes the best clear white Negroni in the world. So. Oh, okay. I'm, I will bet they have it at Cask, and I will check next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Again, I, I'm not actually a fan of Sue's. I'm not. I don't usually use it very much. I bought a bottle uh, to make white Negronis. Actually, it was in one of the one of the uh, recipes, and it to it to me has an. It's Austrian. Uh, it is in the it is in the line of Campari. It's a bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also been around forever. In fact, I was watching 
the old murder on the Orient Express. And at one scene, Poirot is reading a newspaper and there is an ad for Sue's. No kidding. In the paper. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I, uh, so like I said, I was headed towards Negroni land. Uh, but I knew that it, when you're playing with sweet vermouths, they can tend to overwhelm the other things that it's going against. So I went with a semi-sweet with right. a blanc. Yeah. Um, and I knew I wanted this to be a gin drink because I love gin and, and I didn't, I thought about making a Stoli drink or, or a vodka based drink. And actually I was going to try to do a riff on a cosmopolitan, but it doesn't actually match the time period of the film. Cosmos were born nineties and Mm. this is more eighties. Yeah, I guess. Although it's 1989. So it's right on the cusp. Um, but then I, I decided I wanted to try to make something colored, like, you know, like blonde. Yeah. Um, and it was the black walnut bitters. It, uh, I don't know if you've got those, but they're also sort of chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, again, when I first tasted it, uh, I went overboard on the Sue's. I put in too much, I thought, and it, it, it was not a pleasant taste. It didn't balance. Yeah, so, so cutting th- back on the Sue's yes. and then adding that pinch of salt was just the right thing. Yeah. Sue's is uh gentian based, which... Uh, I think I've told the story before. It's the most bitter thing I've ever put in my mouth was an extraction of gentian that I made to while I was making my own bitters. Mm-hmm. The most like just flat, bitter, bitter, pure, bitter, um, like dries out your mouth. It's so bitter. Um, but Sue's has that flavor, but it's sweetened quite a bit. And it turns mm-hmm. out the final product is rather sweet. Like it, when you're using it in a drink, it can easily tip the drink to too sweet. Yes. It's uh, it, like chartreuse in that way, I think. Yeah. Um, but I really like Sue's in uh, Boulevardier uh, variation. Oh, if you have a, I haven't tried that. If you have a big hearty um, rye whiskey like Rittenhouse or even uh, old whatchamacallit overhaul yes if you have either of those which are nice affordable bottles um mm-hmm. they stand up to it really well okay i i will keep that in mind uh, but let's get back to the movie yeah so i think this movie is based on a graphic novel from 2012 which is more recent than i thought it was like i'm not really i couldn't imagine writing a graphic novel about you know the fall of the Ber- berlin wall in mm-hmm. 2012 but I mean, it works like, yeah, it's actually it's probably perfectly timed nostalgia wise. Like all the people that lived through the fall of the wall were probably primed to get that graphic novel when it came out Mm, and then and then subsequently watched the movie. I had I was confused initially um, because one of the opening credits says. It, it talks about the fall of the wall, and then it says, this is not that story. So I thought, does that mean this is an alternate history thing? Mm. Is this taking place? Um, uh, but no, it's just, it's, just, it's just not the story of the wall. Yeah, it's, it's just it's stuff that happened around that time period. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to have taken place in that time period. Also, again, a great cast. Yeah. Toby Jones and... Um, Oh gosh, his name has just skipped my mind. The guy from Roseanne. Uh, 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 yeah, uh. <laughs> I'm looking at the cast list and it's not jumping out. John Goodman. 
John Goodman. And al- um, also James McAvoy. Yes. Uh, you, we can, you had feelings about his character. We need to, we, we need to make I sure. I do have feelings about his character. Yeah. Uh, but I, but the, the, one of the opening scenes is in an interrogation room with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. John Goodman, and Toby Jones. And it's so good uh, because you know they each have an agenda. Yeah. And it seems like Toby Jones is out of the loop, and that becomes important much later in the film. Well, and there was also the uh, unspeaking old man behind the one-way mirror. Right. And it's and it's and even John Goodman says that it's really crowded back there, and obviously it's just a guy. Yeah. Do we even learn who the guy is? You know, um, I th- I think he's just the head of MI6. Like, it's uh, James Faulkner is the actor. His the character's name is C. The letter. I don't know. Okay. Is that <laughs> does he appear elsewhere? I don't remember him coming back. I'm not sure. I think I've just zoned him out. Yeah. So I, much happens. I, so I feel like he may show up in like one of the flashbacks or something. And he's like this intimidating, scary guy. But can, can I just say like when that scene opens up and Charlize has her first line, I was like, oh, she's supposed to be British. Because <laughs> her, her yeah, British no. accent is not good. <laughs> It is not good. I I think she thinks British accents are just soften your R and and that that makes you British. It what? is not good. But but and but she's South she African. British? No, she's South African. No, I mean the character. Because oh of no! What happens at the end of the film? In the end, no, she's not. She's okay. She's so, she's like a quadruple no agent. Question that. No one's like, why is your accent yeah. so weird? She managed to become an MI6 agent with that terrible accent. I was, I was, I'm, I'm going to say I was frankly confused by the ending. Oh, really? I couldn't figure out whose side anyone was on at that point. Yeah. Um, well, other than McAvoy's character, which is made obvious. Yeah. Well, so let, let's, let's, let's work our way up to that. Charlie's in the opening is an MI6 agent. So British being interrogated by her boss. Um, who is, uh, what's his name? Toby Jones, um, who apparently, so I, I have a coworker who came to Boulder this past, well, two weeks ago and he's, he's from Manchester and he watched this movie on the plane and hated it. I was Mm. like, I love this movie. What's your problem? (laughs) And like one of his things was when they open on that interrogation scene, there's Toby Jones, and apparently he's in some silly TV show in England. And oh. So, and so that ruined the whole experience for this guy. Oh, no, I uh, love Toby Jones. Well, um, he does a lot of serious stuff, too. Like, I, I mean, he really landed when he was, um, what's his name? The guy with the... <laughs> that dude who did that thing that one time? Oh, my God. Um, Truman Capote. When he played Truman yes. Capote, that was like his big coming out. He played Hitchcock in Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, but he also played, so if you haven't seen Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the remake mm-hmm. that came out a few years ago, he's in that as well as another, again, as an MI6 kind of head guy. Yeah. And of course, he's in the Captain America films as well. Mm-hmm. So he's he has a broad range, and I really enjoy watching him um, 
and he can do he can do accents because yeah. he does the, he does a German one in Captain America and he does a, a an okay American one. I always think it's funny hearing British people do American because they do the opposite right. of Charlize yeah. and they do hard R's all the time. <laughs> like uh, Cumberbatch is really his American accent is terrible. Oh yeah, like I... watching Doctor Strange, it's just ugh, it's cringingly bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of endearing almost, but. Oh, I'm. I have nothing against Cumberbatch. I'm just saying he needs yeah. to, he needs to tone it down a little. But you you are the the thing is, you are so right about the soundtrack. The music from this is, oh my god! If you if you have a nice setup at home to watch films, just mm. turn this baby up because it is so well mixed. It's well, really good. And honestly, um, the the song that I named this drink after, the Cat People song by David Bowie. It comes in so hard. Like, it makes you sit up and pay attention to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yes. And there's a, I don't know if it's a re-recorded New Order or it's a remixed New Order, or maybe it's not even New Order, or maybe it's a cover um, that's slow. And it's not the dun, dun, right. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a ballad version. That's really good. But then it's got like 99 Luft Balloons because mm-hmm. Then it's got Major Tom. When it's got uh, some covers or alternate versions, at least like there's an alternate version of 99 Loaf Balloons. And um, there's their Commissar is by a band called After the Fire. I don't know if that's old or new. Um, that's old. Yeah. So that's an American band that remade the German version, but they came out at the same time. Oh, really? I was working in the record store at the time, and I remember, because it was confusing. People want, okay, but do you want the English Turcomissar or the German Turcomissar? And there's a cover of uh, Major Tom by Peter Schilling. It's not a cover. It's a a new, it's a different song based on that character. Oh, interesting. And yeah. That's the Major Tom song. Blue Monday is on the soundtrack uh by the band health which is okay an american noise rock band from los angeles which it is not a noise rock version at all but which would have been interesting actually but the the movie also does include the original like blue monday 88 from new order like somewhere probably in the credits or something it's not on the soundtrack Mm. um yeah the 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 mix and also the look of this film i i don't i'm not familiar with the graphic novel but there's a lot of color washes when Mm -hmm. they're talking in the bar and everything is red one like which is 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 the bathtub ice cube is that the opening opening scene or is that after we see the guy get smashed and shot it's after i think that happened like he's running he's running through berlin first yeah okay and jumping over shit, and then yeah, he gets smashed between the cars, <laughs> <laughs> and then shot in the head. Yeah, because being smashed between cars is not enough for no. the uh, not the KGB. No, he, is it KGB? he's he's MI six, I think. That guy. no, I mean, the, but the bad guys. Oh yeah, the bad guy the was. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it would be. Would it, would it be KGB? Yeah, I think it was KGB. Yeah, um, um, that whole bathtub scene where Charlie's there on covered in bruises is like soaking her entire body in ice water is so washed out and like just so blue and it's very Mm -hmm. moody and like it's it make like the whole scene feels like a bruise 
Yeah, I mean, so in 1989, nobody had Philips Hue LED lighting. So I'm I'm a little curious. The bar I can get, obviously, mm -hmm. bars always had sort of mood lighting. But who installed in their bathroom at home? And I think she is in her own apartment. Or is she in... I, I thought... Eh. Hotel hotel room? It felt like a hotel, hotel room. room to me. Yeah, she's not from Berlin. She had to yeah. fly in. Because there's the shoe scene in the car. Yes. <laughs> The shoe scene. Um, so I, so yeah, I guess in a in don't a shoot me. I have your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in this film, and it's so sad that he's an asshole. So here's information I gleaned for you before we got on the phone. Um, so I was looking at the website for the graphic novel, and apparently. The Atomic Blonde movie is based on The Coldest City, which is the name of the graphic novel, which starts a trilogy. And the second book of the trilogy is out. It's called The Coldest Winter. And it apparently focuses on... His character? Yeah, his character, David Percival. It goes, ba it it goes back. Oh, okay. It goes back eight years in focuses on yeah him. that'll be that would that would also be a good film because it's clear that he loves berlin mm -hmm. he loves his life there but we don't get to see a lot of him yeah he, he's definitely one of those like you know the spy that went native sort of characters like he <laughs> well he's making a lot of money right yeah. he's selling the jordanish jeans and the cokes and all the other stuff he doesn't want the wall to come down he's having a good time um and also it's it's fun seeing James McAvoy in a role that's a little. I, so I didn't see him in. Um, he played the multiple personality uh, guy in the uh, really bad Indian director who did the Sixth Sense. M Night Shyamalan. Yes. Yeah, so Sh Sh Shyamalan just had a film out. I think it was last year, okay. um, which was part of a which was an un announced part of a trilogy that started with unbroken and then the second one was this one okay and and then they're going to do mr glass for the third yeah unbroken was awesome yes so so bruce willis appears as that character in that in this film mm. near the end but the, and that's the twist that nobody's supposed to know about that's probably one of the most nuanced sam jackson uh performances ever <laughs> that's a good way of putting it well i <laughs> I think he, I think him in the Avengers movies, he's pretty he's pretty low key as well because he's in, he's a background guy right. and he has some superpowers. Yeah, but, but yeah, he he can go way over the like in Kingsman. Oh I, yeah, I hated him in Kingsman, and I know a lot of people loved him and thought that yeah. was a great performance. I, I'm fine with it. Um, also, Hitman's Bodyguard, fucking love that movie. Oh, I haven't seen it. In in terms of this sort of dumb actiony stuff, Hitman's mm -hmm. Bodyguard, Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson, just awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I like them. I like them both as people. And Ryan Reynolds can can get on my nerves. There's there, there's such a thing as too much Ryan Reynolds to me. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure like I'm Deadpool. on the same page. Yeah, I mean, how can you get more Ryan Reynolds than Deadpool? Really? That's true okay I'll, well I'll, on your recommendation i will give it a shot i'll rent that and take a look it wasn't on my list but if if you're saying it's good then they, I'll, I'll they play off each other wonderfully and uh yeah 
I, I, I've watched that one like four times. So Split was the Shyamalan movie you were talking yes. about. Yes, um, uh, which I haven't seen because I sort of boycott him just because I think he's awful. But yeah. I've heard really good things about that film. I, and I haven't even heard of it. I didn't, I, I didn't even know it was a thing because I ignore M. Night Shyamalan movies. Right. Um, so McAvoy plays a character who's got split personality, multiple personality disorder, mm-hmm. who imprisons some women in his house. So his so th- apparently his acting in it is amazing because he has to play a lot of different characters. And then the, the the thing is, he's actually manifesting a physical change to himself when he becomes a sort of beast character, mm. which goes up against Bruce Willis. And uh, it's worth mentioning that McAvoy, in case you don't know, is the young Professor X in the X-Men movies, starting with First Class and Days of Futures Past and Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which is coming out next. And he does a good, a good American accent. Mm. He's Scottish. If you've if you've seen him on like Graham Norton or anything, he's very Scottish. Yeah, he's hugely uh, Scottish. He, uh, he was in the Last King of Scotland with um, the guy with the lazy eye, uh, Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. um, and he was brilliant in that. He's he's a good actor. He's done a lot of things, and he bulked up for this. I think he had to he had to wear some tight clothes and he had to do some uh, parkour and some other stuff around there. So well, just, you know, walking around the room after having sex with two women, like <laughs> he looked, pretty, As you do. he looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, I wonder, cause there was uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a photo that went around of him coming out of his gym and he's gotten quite a bit bigger even since then. So I'm wondering if, if he's working out for Maybe the next film. Maybe they're oh, going to do interesting. it. Yeah, um, or just he's just working out because he can, and he he's. Well, yeah. Once once you get to a certain level of like being a successful actor, you just have time to work out all the time, <laughs> or to pay somebody to, to come to your house and work you out. So yeah, I really like like I wanted the sequel to be about those two teaming up because I thought she's very stoic and sort of unemotional, and you know. Uh, a hard ass through the film and again but she totally falls for the little french girl like she does like she's actually like touched when she gets killed like mm-hmm. that upsets but she her. doesn't show it doesn't doesn't show it right she's she's still got her mask on and i well she's and, still got shit to do like she can't just stop and like sob about it there's somebody at the door <laughs> Namely, James well, McAvoy. No, she James McAvoy is coming in the door <laughs> with a gun. But the so the comparison I make between the two performances is that she likes to whisper a lot. Yeah, and I I saw some reviews that mentioned that as a thing. So like that's definitely an affectation she's picked up because I'm trying to I I honestly expected you to uh, go with the Mad Max movie as your charlie's pick um so you surprised me with fate um but i don't remember like she did she doesn't talk a whole nobody talks a whole lot in that movie no it's a lot of looking around at each other and scowling and pulling out guns but like she's more guttural and not so whispery in in my in my recollection yeah well i mean it she's in a big truck so she probably has to talk louder <laughs> Good point. Hard to whisper in the in the in the in the semi. Um, yeah, I I 
I like Charlize as a, well, I don't know her, but I like her as a person. What I from what I like, right. I I think she's an an intelligent actor. I think she's made a lot of interesting decisions with her career. Um, she's gorgeous, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, as is James McAvoy. I find him attractive. Um, and he's, so he's, he's definitely one of those interesting looking, attractive dudes. Like he, he's, yes. he's objectively pretty, but he's got that nose and he's like, he's, he's interesting looking. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's got some character about him. I don't I have no idea how old he is. Now, now that you mentioned the roles he's been in, he's been around for a while. So uh, I'm going to so say 1979, 40? 1979. So he's not quite 40. Okay. He's got two more. He years. doesn't look it. He still looks like he's 25. He's very young looking. Yeah. Especially, he's just, especially he's when he's the like film is having that, having a uh, Sinead O'Connor haircut. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which, which John Goodman has to explain. <laughs> She's a popu- Irish popular Irish singer. Like, <laughs> so what was your first impression? Of David. Huh. He was handsome. Late thirties. Disaster, Sinead O'Connor. Irish singer. I asked him what the deal was with that, and he said, it's to blend in. What's up, It's to blend in in the East. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is a gorgeous film, and there's, there's a relationship to John Wick. Uh, yeah, the director is the relationship. Okay. So the director um, is a longtime stuntman. Mm. who co-directed John Wick, um, although the other director is uncredited. So that's interesting. Oh. If you watch the extras for John Wick 2, you mm-hmm. you get a lot of behind the scenes of this production company that he and his partners have created. And it's purely for these like huge nonstop action movies. Hmm. So they have a vision in mind, and then they fit things into it. Well, it's all stunt people. It's all okay. stunt people that have made enough money to have a production company. That's awesome. Um, and it started with John Wick. I, I mean, I'm I'm being fuzzy with the details because I only have paid attention. But um, so starting with John Wick, he directed that, and you know, John Wick obviously is like just. Action, 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 but but still with the storyline. Like it's not a Transformers movie. <laughs> yes, there there's a thread there to to hang on to. Um, you know, dead dog. A, a reason you care about John, <laughs> because also Keanu is not an electric performer. I well, but I mean that's the weird thing about Keanu, right? Like he seems sort of dead on the surface, but he somehow grabs you. And that's that's well, been, that's been the case since he was a kid. Like my own private Idaho, like there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Yeah, but and he, I, you know, and I liked him in Bill and the Bill and Ted movies. He absolutely. was very likable. And I think the John Wick part is perfect for him because it doesn't call for a lot of overt stuff. And then I know he trained like a just trained his ass off to to do it. Yeah, especially uh, if you if you buy John Wick too, the extras are so worth your time because. You just see, because he's older than us. Uh, I know, I know. And he works his ass off. 
He trains yeah. jujitsu and didn't he train for like a year before the film even started production? Yeah, but yeah, David Leach is the director, and he, like I said, longtime stuntman. So it, that's the relationship with John Wick. It's this is very much like a this is of a piece with John Wick. It has a lot of the same very glossy beauty to it. Yeah, uh, even I mean, even the violence is beautiful. Well, and also extension. So the 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 gem of Atomic Blonde is this fight scene that lasts what? 15 minutes? 20 minutes? It's yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It goes up yeah. and down a building. It's all seemingly one camera take like they follow her um the extras for Atomic Blonde also really worth cuz they break down this fight scene. And there's one moment in this fight scene where she's fighting this huge man and they're pummeling each other and just doing horrible things to each other. And they're both on the floor of this tiny apartment they're in. And she goes to stand up and she just crashes into the wall mm-hmm. because she can't support herself. <laughs> and like that moment never doesn't get a reaction from me. Like I always have like a chuckle or like something sympathetic. Like it fucking grabs me. (laughs) That fight scene is worth the price of the movie. As far as I'm concerned, if you're into action movies at all, like I think that fight scene is just superbly orchestrated. It is undeniably great cinema. Um, and, and you're right. It is filmed as if it is an uncut scene. If you know anything about film, you can see where they've put it together. But it's done so well and so flawlessly. And I know they had to, to shoot it. I don't even know how many times they had oh, to yeah. shoot it. And yeah. probably, probably by the end, she did feel like collapsing. <laughs> um, I and I also like all of the all of the action sequences are really good. I I will say that as as I said. At the end, I was a little bit confused about what I had just watched and yeah. why the characters were important. Right. Like, I knew she had a relationship with the guy who gets killed in the opening scene. Well, I mean... And he was friends with McAvoy's character. Yeah, so the whole trick was, like, she had somehow fooled MI6 to become an agent for them and then fooled the Russians to become a double agent for them. But... In the end, the whole time, she was a CIA agent for the U.S. So she was an actual triple agent. That's where I got confused. Because I couldn't figure out how you could do that. Yeah, they don't bother to explain that. No. I mean, I I shouldn't complain after having just watched Fate of the the Furious. But, (laughs) um, But I guess I expected... Well, I didn't. I actually had no expectations going into this. I I knew that there was a John Wick connection, and I saw the trailers, so I knew it was going to be kind of that glossy, sexy violence. Yeah. Um, but it it it's in addition to being a gorgeous film and really like state of the art filmmaking, they get so many details right. The 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 cars in Berlin. Yeah. And uh, the the wall, the punks, uh-huh. that scene where he's where he's beating the guy up with the skateboard. Yep. Where and he's yeah. All, all the all the hip hop kids in Germany and stuff. Like, wow, that was actually yeah. a thing. And yeah, I the feel of it, like just the sense of it, was really spot on for me. 
And the opening credits with the neon and the spray paint. Yep. It's all done just just gorgeously. Um, well, and, and again, what I really appreciated was like she wasn't a superhero. Like to contrast with the Fast and Furious movies. Right. Like yes, she jumped off a balcony with a fire hose and swung to safety, but she crashed into the building when she swung <laughs> to safety. <laughs> like that that took a toll on her. The scene in the is it a cab or just a car where she's beating up the guy with her shoe? No, that, that's uh, looks like it hurts so much. Yeah, when she's wailing on us on his chest with her with the heel of her shoe. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. It's very visceral. Um. Yeah, and it, because of that, it's got a it's got a definite re- relation in my mind, especially you know, sort of. Uh, subject matter wise to the uh jason bourne movies which i love uh, except for the last one which i did not love uh I, did. I, don't, I don't know if you saw that one yeah that was that was matt damon it's, taking it back from jeremy renner and yeah it, it's it it's wasn't too good. shaky cam like i can't even i'm getting motion six like just yeah. hold the camera steady so i can see what's going on but there's lots of like krav maga style close body fighting and all that stuff yeah. and Really cool stuff. Um, speaking of looping back, since you mentioned it, the the Kingsman, the new Kingsman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really recommend, but it it's whatever. It's a Kingsman movie. Um, I agree. <laughs> I loved the first one. Yeah, and it feels like the second one they could have ditched a lot. Like he didn't need the prince the the princess to be his girlfriend. Yeah. He didn't need the tie-in with his old friends or yeah. any of that stuff. But I didn't like Poppy as a as a villain. No, I didn't either. Uh, the extras again for that one break down the taxi cab fight, mm-hmm. which is an amazing scene. But how they filmed that is incredible. Like they went, they made so many apparatus to to film that. It's crazy. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Kingsman, it is also based on a comic. And oh, I didn't uh, realize that. Yes, um, if if you watch the extras from the first film, they talk to the author about how his what you know did did they capture what he wrote down because he was pretty directly involved in the first film. I'm, I'm not sure about the second film, mm-hmm. um, but and also there's there's a lot of wasted talent in the second film. Like they they the whole. Yeah. Like Bo Bridges comes in and then he's gone, and the same with uh, what's his face from Magic Mike Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah, he appears and he's he's from Alabama and he does the worst Southern accent I have ever heard. Well, and also, he was featured so heavily in the trailer. He was in the yep. movie for like five minutes. Yeah, he disappears almost immediately. <laughs> he's on the poster and everything. Like he he's not in the film. It's it's still the, the the main British guys um who I like. I like I really like the the main Terran um Eggsy, whoever plays Yeah. Him. Yeah. I can't can't remember his name. And he he literally got out of acting school and and got into that role. That no was his shit. first first role. Lucky him. He got an instant yeah. franchise. Yeah, and he can sing. Uh he was in the um he was in the movie called Sing, the one about the uh, the animated one about the animals. Oh yeah, show. I saw that. He plays the gorilla. Oh no shit! He did. I'm still standing. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, I love the gorilla. Like that's actually yeah. one of the few redeeming characters in that movie. 
<laughs> which I enjoyed. It's 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 nothing you're going to remember, but it is it is enjoyable. Yeah. All right, Lance. This was fun. Yes, I think this was a good idea. It gives us something else to talk about. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. We're emptying. Yeah. I, I got my <laughs> Topo Chico. <laughs> I will. I will. I will have I, to. I want to make yours, but I have to pick up a few ingredients. So, although I've got a, I've got the other. I've got a Bacardi One Fifty One. It's not aged. Oh, the uh, the the too much boost. Yeah, I love that name. Because... That's a really good name. <laughs> that is a really good name. Yeah, I think you want an aged, like you you want either the Hamilton or the Lemonheart, one fifty one. Uh, and you're saying that you said the lime cordial might be too too sweet or not not sweet enough. Not sweet enough. The 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 drink as a whole was very tart. And I'm kind of allergic to citrusy drinks anyway. So, but it's citrus time. That's why I put lemon and lime in mine. Mm-hmm. There's so much good citrus right now. So yeah, we have blood oranges. I'm very excited. <gasps> Love blood orange. Yeah, we've got Meyer lemons. Mm-hmm. Which I've never really figured out what to do with them. They're very funky. They have a really particular flavor. People seem to love them, but I haven't figured out what to do with them. Yeah, people think so. they're sweet lemons, and I, I don't, you know, they're kind of, they're just weird. Like they're weird. They taste like yeah. funky rum to me. Like I don't know what to do with that. I don't either. I haven't. I have not found. An, maybe I don't have to. Right. Just let it go. I'll do the blood oranges because I do like the blood oranges, so I'll just use those. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm really signing off now. Okay. Bye, Jake. Bye, Lance.